For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. These are the five backs locked into your week two starting lineups. We'll rank the next 35 today on the show. Huge week ahead. Hayden Winks noting last week's performances looking at injury reports that we have right now midweek and prioritizing this weekend's matchups. Yeah, this is going to be a fun week because we have what we thought was going to happen going into the season. Then we had last week's usage and then what we had uh, going into this week, looking at the matchups and obviously the big priorities we're looking at is how much usage they're getting, how many points a team is supposed to score. So this is going to be kind of my foundation for looking at this stuff. The good teams are over here. The bad teams are over here. So of the teams that are of the top five players, really it's like Josh Jacobs is in this kind of terrible category, but his usage last week was phenomenal. Yeah. He didn't get home, but he was actually second in expected fantasy points. Yeah, I wanted to mention that because typically in a spot – where a team are seven and a half point underdogs like the Raiders are against the Buffalo Bills. Not typically, again, a situation we love to attack, but the Bills were actually 31st in the NFL in yards allowed after contact to running backs last season. And then we know in week one what Brees Hall did to them. They were dead last at 6.54 yards. Uh, I do want to mention that these are Hayden Winks's rankings. You can find the description down below. And it's a special day. Hayden Winks' birthday. Commenters, let him know and wish him a happy birthday. I'm going to guess it's the 28th, but I don't know. It is the 23rd birthday. <laughs> 29. 29. Wow. I'm cooked. I'm cooked. Big year. Big year. You're over the hill. Age cliff. Uh, when it comes to running back. Speaking of the age cliff, let's kick it off with your running back six this week. Potentially running back six at the Tennessee Titans. That's Austin Eckler. Yeah, so we're tracking the injury update. He did not practice on Wednesday. The team kind of hinted that this was going to be the case earlier on in the week. They also signed somebody to the practice squad, Jarrett Patterson, I believe it was. So if he's going to be playing, we're obviously starting him regardless of the matchup. As you can see on this chart, the Chargers were first in running back usage by a ton last week after finishing second in the same exact category the previous season. What was interesting about the Chargers offense was the rushing lanes were wide open. They have a good yeah. offensive line in a downhill rushing lane. Uh, instead of trying to work to the sideline, they were trying to get north-south a little bit more. Eckler had explosive runs, and then Joshua Kelly, who, if he's starting, I will be ranking as a top 12 fantasy Ooh. running back. We saw Eckler talk uh, about Joshua Kelly on the podcast with Matt Harmon, and he says that he trusts Joshua Kelly. And when you watch the game from week one, you can tell that Joshua Kelly can eat behind this offensive line in this scheme and the usage is going to be there. Yeah. This is something that we have talked about that Austin Eckler has talked about for years going back to 2020, a fourth round pick on Joshua Kelly, a sixth round pick in 2021, another fourth round pick in 2023, adding Sony Michelle in that time. Austin Eckler has wanted a second piece. So in other weeks when both are healthy, I think Joshua Kelly still has standalone value. I don't think he's one of these pure 
running back handcuffs. But again, I love that you are going out on the ledge saying that if if Joshua Kelly gets to start this week as a top 12 back, because the Tennessee Titans, a very difficult matchup. That Titans front gets mm-hmm. after it, a bunch of animals. And I think part of the, you know, points for the running backs last week, as we talked about uh, against the Dolphins was because of the light boxes. And I don't know if the Titans are going to do the exact same thing. And even if they do, their obviously defensive line is much better. I do think they will use uh, Joshua Kelly or Eckler in the receiving game too. And the Chargers are still projected for a lot of points. So the matchup's not great, but it's not the worst thing ever either. Well, we'll stick in that same game for your running back seven. Derek Henry against this Chargers defensive front. Yeah, so I think the Chargers linebackers might be the worst I've ever seen uh, based off of last week. It was just really bad. They just cannot figure it out. Uh, last season, late in the year, Derrick Henry faced this, these Chargers, had 163 yards. It was really weird slash bad usage for Derrick Henry because DJ Spears was playing so much, but the matchup just to get the ball going on the ground seems so obvious to me, especially because Tannehill had a bad game. And while the snaps weren't going towards Derrick Henry, right. they were also like the empty calorie snaps, uh, for example. So I still think Derrick Henry is going to get probably 15 to 20 touches, no matter what, all the goal line work. And I think that they have a chance to actually establish the run a little bit just because the Chargers defense, I think up front is still really scary, especially if Bosa is not playing and he did not practice on Wednesday. We talked about this in our final running back tiers and you know the rookie report just ahead of the season that Tajay Spears is the best backup running back Derrick Henry has ever had in his career. Part of me wonders that could last week and what we saw in past game, just let's just say snaps, not usage, just snaps that Tajay Spears saw. If a game gets completely out of hand, does that make Derrick Henry a bit more game script dependent this year than he has been in years past? I think that's totally fair. And there is a concern that the Chargers just absolutely boat race the Titans here. Only three point um, favorites right now. Yes. So that, that's what I was going to say. Vegas doesn't think that's going to happen. Uh, the Chargers offense, I thought, looked really good uh, last week. But I do think in the first half, I would be sh- pretty surprised if the Titans just didn't really try to run the ball up the middle against this front. For the audio podcast listeners, I just want to quickly run through those first five names. Christian McCaffrey, then Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard against the Jets. He's a consensus running back seven. You have him as a running back three, which I'm all in for. Nick Chubb at four, and then Josh Jacobs at five. Okay, back to it. We'll get to your running back eight right now. It's Ramondre Stevenson against the Miami Dolphins defense. Yeah, so I'm getting a little bit – I'm guessing I'm ahead of consensus here. Yeah, he's um, the running back 13 in Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings. Yeah, not a surprise. Last week, he was the running back 14 in usage. He did go into the week with a little bit of an illness, didn't play that much early on in the game, but by the end of it, it was very clear that Ramondre Stevenson was the best back on the team. And also, I just want to be ranking all of the Patriots players ahead of consensus because I really was impressed – with what Bill O'Brien was doing, even behind an injured offensive line. I don't think that the Dolphins uh, front seven is that uh, impressive. They weren't that impressive to me uh, just watching the Chargers game last week. And I do think that there's easy yardage for Ramondre Stevenson to pick up. We did not get goal line usage last week for Ramondre Stevenson or Ezekiel Elliott. I do think that the Patriots are going to be a relatively watchable offense. And I do think that the Ramondre Stevenson Zeke usage will become further and further apart in the favor of Ramondre. Only hesitation with this is Cole Strange, Michael Onwenwu were inactive last week. Now, Trent Brown and City Sauer are in the concussion protocol. There's a potential, depending on how practices unfold, that they could be down four yeah. starting mm-hmm. offensive linemen. 
four. That's a big deal. Now, we talked about it with Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. These were very light boxes that you can run up against with Vic Fangio and the defense. But like, also, I would say the Patriots' lack of a vertical game is so much less than the Chargers that like, will Vic Fangio give a team that obviously maybe their best avenue is shorter stuff over the middle like we saw with Hunter Henry and then also running back involvement, will they give them that much space to eat up underneath? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that the Fangio defense will be somewhat game dependent. I just want to show you guys this chart. The Patriots are projected for more points than the average offense. Like last yeah. year, we were never saying that. I would start to get used to that. I think that Mac Jones played fairly well, and I think that Bill O'Brien is going to make a big difference for this offense. Love that. Okay, here we go. Running back nine this week, B. John Robinson against the Green Bay Packers. So... Very interesting usage. Obviously, Tyler Algier was top 10 in that category, according to expected fantasy points. Bijan Robinson was running back 17 in that, but he's very explosive. So I do think that like on the scale of panicking, there should be a little bit of panic for not getting any of the goal line role for Bijan Robinson. But at the same time, he's a perfect fit for Desmond Ritter. So the matchup, you can check that box because the Packers notoriously for multiple years have been a relative run funnel. You can get explosive plays when you're watching the Arthur Smith ground game. You can't walk away with that except to be really impressed by it. I thought Bijan looked the part. It's just the goal line. Like if you're looking at the top 10 backs, the one guy that's not going to be getting a bunch of goal line opportunities for now, it is Bijan. So that's why I have him at right. the end of the list. Yeah, I, I think that's really smart. And my guy, Rich Rebar, pointed out that it was week one, just one game, but Bijan Robinson having a 33% target share is not going to be sticky no matter what offense you're in for the rest of the season. Christian McCaffrey, for context, last year led all running backs in target share. That was all the way down at 21.4%. So, like, at some point, and it will happen, obviously, maybe even happens this week, Bijan will just get more carries. Now, are those going to be carries between the 10s and not inside the 10 like we saw with Tyler Algier? Those, obviously, are hugely important for him eclipsing other running backs ranked ahead of him and potentially like the overall top three running backs on the season. And the Falcons are just not projected for that many points. The play volume in general isn't there. It's just so running back dependent. This is like, honestly, like a credit to how good I think Bijan and Arthur Smith are to rank him this high because everything else environment wise right. is working against him right now. Right now, the Falcons are projected for their team total less than 20 points. And we've talked about it on every single show. We might be the only team or only show that's talking about this. You can't utilize, to me, the Packers numbers defensively from last year. The individual pieces are better. And I think as we go along, like we could see this as one of the more underrated units heading into the league. And not saying it's going to be up there with the Jets and some and the Cowboys, but it, they could matter for us against some mm -hmm. opponents like like this. Okay, before we get for any further, since it's Hayden's birthday, hit that subscribe button, y'all. We appreciate you checking out Stats versus Film, Hayden's show with Steve Smith, focusing on the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers. We're having a blast, and we are delivering tiers of running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and sicko defenses over the next three days. You can use these running back rankings for Battle Royale DFS contests. We're, we have a half-million-dollar DFS contest on Underdog Fantasy, yeah. so make sure you go check those out. Six rounds of drafts. Use promo code the show that will match your deposit up to $100. And also, we have Battle Royale content with the Badge Bros. Go check them out. If you love drafting on Underdog because our UI is the best in the business, I think you'll also like our DFS contests. Running back 10. Joe Mixon, and Joe Mixon is facing a loaded and very good Baltimore Ravens front. 
Yeah, it's uh, I'm just kind of throwing out what happened last week with the Bengals, and that's what the Vegas betting markets are also agreeing with. The Bengals are projected for the six most points on the week. I am definitely a little bit nervous about the matchup here. Chris Evans and Travion Williams were kind of splitting that Samaj P. Ryan role, but Joe Mixon, if you just look at last season, and I think what this role is going to entail, I think he's going to catch a lot of passes. I think he's going to get all the goal line opportunity and on an offense expected to score this much, this many points. It's hard to kind of get off of Joe Mixon here. So last year, three games against the Baltimore Ravens, Joe Mixon only handled 36 carries for 144 yards. So four yards per carry. Um, he did catch 11 of 12 targets in those games, though, for, for 68 yards. Uh, Baltimore's defensive line did very good against the Houston Texans uh, last week, but hopefully the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is quite different than the banged-up Texas offensive line last week. Travis Etienne checks in as your running back 11 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, so this is going to be one of the biggest shootouts of the week, so you have to have Travis Etienne as an RB1. He lost two goal line reps to Tank Bigsby. We'll see if that is sticky. I think that's what the Jaguars want uh, Tank Bigsby's role to be. As long as Jermichael Hasty is a healthy scratch, again, that is fantastic news for ETN. Yep. He ran around on 30 of 36 dropbacks. Hasty is that uh, kind of change of pace, pass uh, catching role. If ETN is the dropback running back, and the Jaguars are as good as I think they are. Travis Etienne, even if he is, let's say, getting half the goal line opportunities, I do think he has a chance to be a top 12 running back this year. Man, some of these teams are projected for a ton of points this week because right now the Jaguars are projected for 23 and three quarters points. That is ninth on the slate right now. Mm-hmm. Some high totals projected for this week, especially in comparison to last week, where I think 61 total touchdowns was the lowest that we've seen in like a dozen years across the all, all the elite quarterbacks sucked. Yeah. That won't that won't that won't continue. I that hope. that would hurt. And your note about Hasty being active or inactive is extremely important because while Bigsby took away that goal line work, and by the way, that was even after the two horrible miscues he had on the field. So that means they still trust him. If Travis Etienne is getting this passing down work, which we've questioned in the past, he had a career high last week in five receptions. So no hasty means likely pass game work still sticking for Travis Etienne. David Montgomery, ooh, all the way up here in week two as you're running back 12 against the Seattle Seahawks. Do you know where he is in the consensus rankings? It's not RB12. I can guarantee that. You know what? It's it's not that far off. I'll find it for really? you right here. Okay, well, the reason why I'm very bullish on him, first of all, the Lions are projected for the top, uh, top five in projected points. This week, David Montgomery was already the RB21 in fantasy usage last week, and he would have even been higher if they gave him more goal line opportunities. He actually had a touchdown from about 10 yards out. I don't see his role really changing all that much. I think he's going to be the pass protection guy. I think he's going to be the goal line guy, and I think that they're going to use him up the middle. Uh, I thought the the Lions offensive line had one of their worst games. I think that there was going to be actually more opportunities for David Montgomery to rip off a few more big runs. I am expecting Jameer Gibbs to be more involved, but like, I think David Montgomery and Gibbs can coexist just like what we saw with uh, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift last year. And I think David Montgomery is definitely a better runner than Jamal Williams. So fourth most points, I'm going to be ranking Gibbs and Montgomery both as top 20 guys. He's running back 14 in half point PPR fantasy pros consensus ranking. So they're just two spots later. The big talking point there, though, is they have already flipped. I just say the consensus has 
Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, where we have spoken about that as a possibility throughout the entire offseason. So quickly, because this kind of entails the Gibbs conversation, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lions in this game are large home favorites in comparison to being on the road and underdogs last week. I mean, that spread against the Seattle Seahawks, it's gone all the way to five and a half. Five and a half. And the Lions are still projected for almost 28 points, which is crazy. But to me, when you see an environment that says, oh, we're going to be winning and we're also at home, that probably lends itself to more Jameer Gibbs, which also Dan Campbell has hinted at all week long, too. Well, the Lions are home favorites. I think it's going to be more David Montgomery. But I, to me, it can also mean that, hey, we are not having to put our running back in pure pass pro situations to try to, you know, um, catch up or have to utilize the passing game as much as we did last week. I just think the game environment is going to allow them to focus in on maybe situations where Jameer Gibbs can also be successful and to get him run. Like this is probably an opportunity for him to, in comparison to last week when they were terrified to put him out there in pure pass pro situations off Jared Goff play actions. Again, I think the environment lines up for him to uh, utilize his strengths a bit more often, if that makes sense. He was running back 44 in usage last week. I haven't ranked as the running back 18. So I agree with you. Okay. Kenneth Walker, same game on the opposite end against the Detroit Lions defense. Yeah, so this is really tough for Kenneth Walker because I think the reason why the Seahawks aren't projected for that many points is because both their offensive tackles are out. And we watched some of the clips on stats versus film, and once those backups came in there, it was a mess. And even before the tackles left, the offensive guards weren't playing very well. So like all of a sudden, I think the Seahawks have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. I thought the Lions defense played way better because they've added so many weapons uh, across uh, all three of the depths for defense. So Kenneth Walker is playing a lot of snaps and I have a lot of respect for Kenneth Walker because he can bust this thing out for 50 yards and a touchdown. But I think we're getting into the tier where there is an actual drop off because he's not playing the two minute drill. And all of a sudden the Seahawks are only projected to score less than 21 points. Just put their right tackle. Second year guy, a Lucas on injured reserve. Dang. I didn't realize that the Seahawks only ran 14 second half plays last week. 14. Mm -hmm. Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, consistent run, <laughs> run, run, run. That's what happened. That is, uh, that's rough because he was really good. I, I even was putting it in our Slack that, dang, Kenneth Walker looks electric in the first half. And in the second half, you barely got to see him. You barely got to see him. Yep. And, again, Retrieve Bar pointed this out. Go check out his stuff over at Sharp Football. Detroit's run defense was a laughing stock last season. It steadily improved towards the end of last year. And as we saw at the in week one, they allowed just 45 yards on 15 rushes to Kansas City backs last week. It's not the old school Lions anymore, that's for sure. Nope. I, I quickly, hopefully people didn't take this and it's lost in translation. I don't mean that Jameer Gibbs is going to be ranked or outscore David Montgomery. I just think he can outscore what he put out there in week one, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. He better. <laughs> I know. I, but I just wanted to clarify that because, yeah. you know, the comments can take things in a bunch of different ways. Alexander Madison, you're running back 14 against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that. 
the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash underdog. Or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Yeah, this is kind of just the range where none of these guys are standing out to me. And Madison's role was was pretty solid. He lost a couple snaps to, to Ty Chandler, but... I mean, really, like we're going to go over these next couple of names here. Like we're talking, I think uh, it's not a sweet spot for running back two rankings here. So he was top five in fantasy usage last week. It's not a great matchup for him. Um, it's definitely a Thursday night. It's not not a good slate for him at all. Um, but tell me which guys you want to rank ahead of him. It's not a good list right now. No, I, I think that's fair. And the Eagles were very strong up front last week against a Patriots offensive line that, again, was missing so many pieces. The Vikings, since it's on Thursday night, are missing center Garrett Bradbury, which, depending on the week, might not be a bad thing for the Vikings offense. Um, but also, Christian Darisol has been a limited participant. As you said, it's a Thursday night football game. Uh, I do want to add, though, that injury luck plays a huge part in team success. Ooh, that's so small. Uh, our buddy Ben Solak pointed this out. Last year, the Eagles' uh, team was great in terms of injury luck. And right now, just to the point, through 20 total games, the most offensive plus defensive stars the Eagles had unavailable in a single game was three. This week, Nicobe Dean, James Bradbury, obviously Kenneth Gainwell, we'll get to in a moment. Reed Blankenship will all miss Thursday night football against the Vikings. Maybe that list is even longer. Mm-hmm. So, again, injury luck hits everyone. Regression hits everyone quickly. Is Alexander Madison this year like rookie year Najee Harris in that it's just a volume sponge and that's the hope? Yes, he. I don't think he looked all that great, but the big difference between Najee and this Alexander Madison year is the Vikings were first in neutral pass rate. So they don't want to use their running backs. They're, they'll use the running backs if things are going well or like at the goal line, but this team wants to pass the ball. And I think that the Najee Harris team was just like trying to get Najee Harris the ball because they couldn't operate any other ways. Aaron Jones is questionable with a hamstring injury, but if Aaron Jones plays, he is your running back 15 against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, and he didn't practice on Wednesday. It's a, a hamstring injury, so we'll see if he is out there. He was so much better than A.J. Dillon. It was like shocking to see just how big of a difference that was. If Dillon is the lead back, I'll rank him like somewhere in like the top 25-ish, but I mean, I, I can't just say it enough. Like Dillon had a horrific game, in my opinion, and Aaron Jones was a focal point of the offense, had multiple big plays. So we'll see with the injury. Starting the third tier here with running back 16, Miles Sanders against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, He is running back 21 consensus ranking. So you are five spots ahead there. Yeah, last week he was a running back nine in fantasy usage. And I think it's going to be very inefficient play because the Panthers offense, I think is going to be really bad. I'm not expecting that to change this week, but it's also... They just lost their left guard for the season in Brady Christensen. So they don't have either of their starting guards right now. Yeah, it's it's not going to go well for the Panthers this year. But it's so bad at wide receiver that they have to throw the ball to Miles Sanders. 
in my opinion. We'll see if the LaVisca Chenault stuff that they tried to do early on in the game is going to be sticky. But if they remove some of that, remove some of the Chuba Hubbard fourth and one plays to get Miles Sanders more involved, I do think it's just going to be one of these like RB2 seasons that is just disgusting to look at. But I would not be surprised if the usage remains top 12. Damian Pierce running back 17. We know it was a tough, tough matchup last week against the Baltimore Ravens. If there is an environment this year for the Houston Texans offense to show up, which also means Damian Pierce to show up, it should be this one against the Indianapolis Colts defense, a one-point spread, and the Colts offense plays really fast. Yes, if you're only looking at last week, it was a brutal spot. You would not rank Damian Pierce this high. But like you said, the game script is so much better this week. And I actually thought... C.J. Stroud played pretty confident ball. I think it's a much worse defense with the Colts this week. So I just think that uh, we this, there won't be as much garbage time as there was last week. There's a chance Damian Pierce gets actually into the end zone because he didn't have any goal in opportunities last week. So he is like Miles Sanders, where I think that the volume will be there as long as the the teams are at least in the games. And right now, Damian Pierce and the Texans should be in this game. We've already talked about running back 18, Jameer Gibbs. Again, he's facing the Seattle Seahawks. So then we'll go to running back 19, the Buffalo Bills, James Cook against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, so they're projected for the most points uh, Buffalo is. Uh, so it's just trying to figure out if the two-minute drill that he lost last week is going to be sticky, if we're actually going to have Damian Harris take the goal line role. But between the 20s, I think that James Cook has a role in the – the Bills are projected to score a bunch of points here. So uh, I'm I'm not expecting a bunch of goal line carries here, and that's why he's not ranked even higher than this because I think that the size limitations is a real thing. But I would also not be surprised if he gets kind of 15 explosive touches kind of between the 20s. Shocker, I think you're too low on James Cook this week. Um, nine and a half point favorites here. Like, again, the highest point total of the week and the Raiders defense last week. I mean, 131 yards, 4.4 yards per carry to Denver running backs. I think he got enough of the work last week that in a really good matchup, more explosive plays can equal a a bigger week than this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not even trying to include the inside the five-yard line work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, last week he played uh, 59% of the snaps. He was the running back 23 in usage, which combines how close you are to the end zone. And I guess what I mean is, like, if he's the running back 23 in usage, it's just so much different if you're facing the Raiders defense than you Mm -hmm. are against the Jets defense last week. Mm -hmm. That's why I ranked him above RB23. I know, but only, like, four (laughs) spots. I like trolling you. It's my birthday. James (laughs) Conner. Against the New York Giants defense. Um, hey, again, we talked about in stats versus film, James Conner is going to be out there a lot. Just don't watch him. Yeah, he was top 25 in usage. He played like 85% of the snaps uh, in week one. And then after the game, the coaching staff said, you know what? We need more. We need more James <laughs> Conner usage. How is that and even I, possible? Actually, I actually believe him because like they didn't get him the ball. He kind of like completely phased out. Uh, yeah, this is just where he's going to be ranked until uh, they get Keontae mixed in more, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I feel like all James Conner conversations and rankings, we should just say where his ranking is and then not have to say anything else about him because there's nothing to say in that. You know what I mean? But sadly, he's so he's right on the flex radar that I'm sure a bunch of people are like, can I actually start this guy? All right, running back 21, Raheem Mostert against the New England Patriots defense. Mostert did not practice on Wednesday, but he's also old. Yes, so that's what we're going to be trying to, to monitor here. Uh, 
ankle injury, I believe it was. It I, th- I think we'll learn more later in the week. Uh, Salvin Ahmed is his primary backup. A-Chain was a healthy and active the week before that. Dolphins are projected for the eighth most points, uh, similar to how they were last week. I do think the Patriots' defense is legit, and what we learned from watching the Dolphins, and man, how special of an offense that was, they passed the ball more than I was expecting. They were top three in neutral pass rate. So Raheem Mostert's going to have to get there on efficiency, though he did get the goal line opportunity last week. Consensus rankings have Tyler Algier as running back 29. You Pretty have cool. him running back 22. Consensus rankings, people. There's like 80 to 100 of you. I'm speaking to all of you right now. What does a dude have to do to be a top 25 running back in the league right now ranked? And I was trying to move him up more. I, f- I feel like I, I could move him up even higher than this because I do think his role is, is kind of like the David Montgomery role. Like, yeah, they like they like this north south consistent rusher to run some of the less fun creative stuff, and they have to run the ball so much because Ritter is a total joke. So it should be a relatively close game here, and I think that Algier is going to be the goal line back right now. Obviously, they're going to get. Bijan involved in some capacity. For sure. Um, but I, I'm with you. I, I think he's this year's Jamal Williams. Love that. Totally love that. Running back 23, Javante Williams. I mean, we're kind of hitting that cliff here a bit, aren't we? Um, against the Washington Commanders. Uh, you actually are ahead of consensus here as a running back 27. They have him at. Yeah, I, I don't really love being ahead of consensus on Javante Williams, <laughs> to be honest here. Uh, I have him in my updated rankings at RB25, so we're getting closer okay. there. It really is just the three-and-a-half-point home favorites to the commander's defense. Commander's defense is really good. It's going to be a total, totally messy game. I didn't like Sam Howell's performance at all. Javante Williams was subbed out on passing downs, but they also like were designing plays for him to some capacity, and I think part of that is because the Broncos' skill group right now is one of the worst right. in the entire league, and I'm not sure how much Sean Payton trusts Russell Wilson to run an, a normal offense. So I do think some of these little check downs and screen plays to Javante Williams will actually translate as long as he can stay healthy. Dulcich out, but I think Jerry Judy did return to practice. So that might improve and, and lift the ceiling. Did you know that the Broncos had six total drives last week? Oh my goodness. I mean, to me though, and maybe it changes with Jerry Judy. It's kind of indicative of how Sean Payton wants to run this offense. Balance and slow. Yeah, we talked about this offseason. My, my friend, I was watching the games with them last week, and he said, whenever you're watching the Broncos, there's always only two or three minutes left in the quarter. Right. Like, no matter what. Like, the quarter's <laughs> just always over, and I couldn't agree more. Okay, this kind of might be like the James Conner conversation, but Jamal Williams against the Carolina Panthers defense as you're running back 24. Yeah, we, we've got to see if Kendrick Miller's playing because last week he got basically all of the usage. Tony Jones mixed in a little bit. They got to Taysom Hill just a little bit. Jamal Williams just didn't do anything. Uh, game script's uh, pretty kind this week. The matchup might be a little bit easier. The three-point home favorites. Uh, he was running back 26 uh, in usage last week. So this is just kind of in that range. But the big news will be if Kendrick Miller's going to play or not. Okay, I'm moving Javante Williams after this man as DeAndre Swift enters the equation. I know many people are tuning into this video just to hear about DeAndre Swift because Kenneth Gainwell has already been ruled out of Thursday night football against the Minnesota Vikings. You have him around your running back 24. Yeah, let's move him ahead of Jamal Williams too. I, I think okay. that DeAndre Swift, what's going to happen is Boston Scott's role is not going to change. He played all the special team snaps, basically didn't play any running back. I think what's just going to happen is DeAndre Swift's just going to have the role that Kenny Gainwell had last last week, 
And then Rashad Penny is going to have a similar role to what DeAndre Swift had uh, last week now that he's going to be active. So Kenny Gainwell being out, I think, is a massive, massive thing for DeAndre Swift. They're going to be most likely beating the Vikings and it's just basically flipping coins if DeAndre Swift or Jalen Hurts is going to get that goal line carry. I mean, the Eagles are projected to score nearly 29 points and they are five-point favorites here from head coach Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I think he can play both those roles, no question about it, Sirianni said. He'll be in that role sometimes, speaking of DeAndre Swift, where he carries the load for the game, intent, wink, wink, maybe for this week. And he'll be in the role sometimes like he was in last week's game, which does not elicit a lot of optimism for rest of season, DeAndre Swift. Almost as if, hey, buddy, this is the game to earn it. Like, we, again, are going to give you this opportunity where you can carry the load for us. And if you show that you can, maybe you you earn more of those opportunities Mm -hmm. the remainder of the way. Yeah, I think that's that's a great way to look at that quote. I think I'm going to move DeAndre Swift up a little bit more. What, What do you think about that? I mean, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I, I do want to say where it's so easy for us to fall in love with people like DeAndre Swift, not we, I have never done that. Um, if you read between the lines of this Nick Sirianni stuff, it's pretty clear how much trust they have in Kenny Gainwell in like every single down and distance environment. And basically new guys like DeAndre Swift and even Rashad Penny don't have that trust yet. So, okay, we're moving DeAndre Swift up to. In front of Raheem Mostert. Yeah, right there. That's fine. Okay. I mean, look, everyone's trusting DeAndre Swift this week. What what really can happen poorly, you know? What can go wrong? (laughs) What can go wrong here? Okay, running back 26. Yours is Rashad White. He's facing off against the Chicago Bears defense, and you are seven spots below consensus here. They have him as running back 19. I'm fine with that. Uh, He got all of the usage, 54 of 68 snaps, but that only translated to running back 32 usage because they actually were passing the ball because Rashad White was so terrible running the ball in his limited opportunities. The one nice thing, though, here is home matchup against the Bears. The Bears got absolutely shredded by Aaron Jones, who, like, Rashad White is no Aaron Jones, but if you're, like, playing what type of running back Rashad White's trying to be, it is more of that kind of finesse pass catching back so maybe that's the way you can kind of look at this so i think that rashad white is fine but like i think that his limitations as an actual player uh do matter i totally love your next ranking justice hill baltimore ravens running back at 27 he's running back 41 in consensus even going through some waiver wire content out there it was a massive debate between gus edwards and justice hill why are you and i'm right there with you why are you on the side of justice hill here and i'm a gus edwards guy this offseason i was telling people that, that we should be mixing in some gus edwards but every ever since that we've gotten more and more evidence that they actually like justice hill in this offense we had it in the preseason where justice hill was playing ahead of gus edwards last week we had justice hill he was basically the guy that got the first crack at it, and he was actually mixing in when jk dobbins was in the game. He got the first goal and opportunity. And then in practice, I saw a video of them going through the team drills and justice Hill was actually ahead of Gus Edwards in that. Now I don't think that justice Hill is going to have the JK Dobbins role because JK Dobbins was more or less a bell cow. But I do think that this offense kind of wants more of a change of pace, uh, more explosive rusher and pass catcher. And that it's more or less justice Hill. I don't think justice Hill is necessarily a difference maker at all. 
And I do think that Gus Bus will have this downhill playing style that they will utilize. So this will be a committee. And the Ravens are only projected for 21 and a half points. So as, as much as I want to like rank Justice Hill higher, because I do feel confident that he's going to be the lead back, I really can't move him up because the Ravens aren't projected for all that many points. And I do think that Gus Edwards is going to have a chance potentially maybe to be the, the goal line back just because he's so much bigger. We discussed this in stats versus film, but when J.K. Dobbins was out there, they could do everything, every style of running, right? And that's why he was owning the entire first half. And then when it flipped and he got hurt, when you saw Gus Edwards go in, it was truly north and south. Yeah. And then anything on the edge or in the passing game, that's where Justice Hill came in. And we love coach speak here on the show. Um, if you read into what Todd Monken has said from day one is that we want to utilize spacing, we want to pass the ball, and we want to incorporate running back receptions here. Yeah. None of that equals Gus Edwards' game. And yeah. so to me, I think Justice Hill – will make Todd Monken believe there's more variety for him to call plays versus Gus Edwards, which is we know what you're going to get and we know what we have to run when Edwards is in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, that goes against like, hey, he's the sixth highest all time in yards per carry. But that was also like a ton of injuries ago at yeah. the same time. And everyone was running for a bunch of yards in that Ravens environment mm -hmm. at that situation too. Yep, I agree. Okay. And man... Bengals defense, I, it was on your radar prior to the season of like maybe this is a unit that drops down a little bit. Let's have an answer here, Lamar Jackson, uh, and and this passing offense, which we'll get into later on with tiers and rankings at those position groupings too. Okay, running back 28, Brian Robinson against the Denver Broncos. The usage was wonderful last week. RB 11 in expected fantasy points. Antonio Gibson got absolutely dusted. Uh, I don't think that's going to change at all. And Brian Robinson in most games is going to get 18 carries no matter what. That might be only one reception. Last week, it turned out to be a touchdown. Problem is, the commanders are only projected for 17 and a half points, third worst on the week. And we talked about that matchup with the Broncos. The Broncos don't want to run any plays. The commanders don't want to run any plays. I think this game's going to start uh, with two minutes left in the quarter, like my friend said. <laughs> I think that's going to be what we're going to do here. So it's just hard to move them much higher than this just because the volume will be there, but it's the inefficient, less fun type of volume. Brian Robinson ran a career-high 18 routes last week. Did you realize that? Um, and I don't think the Broncos were able to create any pressure with four, so they had to send extra people last week. Um, Josh Jacobs had six pure pass-blocking snaps. That was the seventh most across the league last week. By the way, Dave Montgomery was at nine, second most across the NFL last week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think Brian Robinson, as you and I talked about all offseason, is just so clear of Antonio Gibson. OK, mm -hmm. we'll keep on moving. Running back 29, Najee Harris. Uh, wipe that puke from your mouth and talk to me about his matchup against the Cleveland Browns. It's still really bad. They're fifth worst projected offense of week two. Um, Najee Harris is not a big play threat. He was already the running back 48 in usage last week because they got completely blown out. Mm -hmm. I'm not expecting it to be nearly that bad, but. Jalen Warren was playing early downs uh, to some degree before things got completely out of hand. Like, what Like, what do you want me to do here? Where do you think consensus rankings have Najee Harris? Does it start with a one or a two? It starts with a two. Okay, like 22? 20. Damn, man. It'll, it'll catch on. I mean, maybe we'll look like idiots, but this could be really bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Really bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. I mean, what, what is even the spread? Let me find it. Um... They are, God, they're only two and a half point underdogs here at home. 
but just over 20 points are expected to score. Okay. After that, you have both Rams running backs. Cam Akers as running back 30. Kyron Williams as running back 31. I think you have these wrong. You need to flip Tell them. Tell me. You flip them? Should I, should we remain cowards and put them next to each other? Do you think that's fair? Yeah. Uh, I, I think we can still be cowards. We are cowards here. We, you know. It's my birthday. I can be a coward if I want to. <laughs> but I think Kyron Williams deserves to be ahead of K-Makers for this reason. That K-Makers had a league high 12 carries in the fourth quarter. Again, this is all from Lord Reaps. He also had just 29 yards on t- those 22 touches mm-hmm. because his yards over expectation were the worst in the league. But in the first half, Kyron Williams outsnapped K-Makers 26 to 4. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, I will flip them. I will also remind people, if you are really excited to start Kyron Williams, they are playing Fred <laughs> Warner and the 49ers. And they're projecting yeah. the fourth worst uh, points this week, the Rams are, despite Matthew Stafford looking like a savage last week. Yeah. It's, things could go back to the preseason expectations after this week. We'll see. But also, and I, I don't think the 49ers front four will really need to blitz at all to generate pressure, but Kyron Williams is by far and away the trusted pass protector because he's legitimately one of the best in the league in mm-hmm. pass protection. How he stonewalled Bobby Wagner. Woo! Brees Hall running back 32. Uh, we saw what he did last week. Now he's facing the Dallas Cowboys defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to do this. I, I want to really like Brees Hall. And like I, I in a different universe, he would be ranked way higher than this. And then you just one where Aaron Rodgers is playing, you mean? Yeah, one where or Zach Wilson's not the quarterback. Oh my God, look at those projected points. It's at 15, 15 points this week. So you can have all the explosive runs you want. I mean, what could I do here? There's nothing. Don't blame me. Blame the charts. Well, yeah. Blame Zach Wilson, really. Is and, I mean, and it does get slightly better. But again, this is going to be a rough stretch of defenses. Not everyone's going to be the Cowboys, which might right. be one of the true home wreckers of the league. But after this, it's the Patriots, Bill and Steve and Gerard. Dude. The Chiefs after that and Steve Spagnolo, The Broncos defense, which we had talked about with Patrick Sertan. And the Eagles defense after that, like this is a rough. We're going to learn a lot about if they can manufacture things for Brees Hall and they're going to have to in the passing game. Yes. And then we also had the reports that they wanted to ease him in every every report, ease him in, ease him in. They might not have that luxury anymore because of the quarterback play, but we will see. I'm going to try to read up some on some reports to see if they're actually going to get Brees Hall because he Brees Hall didn't play that many snaps. He looked way more explosive than Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook played half of the snaps. We'll see if they unlock Brees Hall uh, or if the doctors are going to say no. Your running back 33 is A.J. Dillon, who ran in quicksand last week. I, I guess the only question is, if Aaron Jones misses this game, what can you stomach putting A.J. Dillon where? James Conner, you know, like what's Ugh. like I, mean, I, would say I, I think I would that. rather play DeAndre Swift over A.J. Dillon. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And we, well, we have to we'll start DeAndre Swift because he plays on on Thursday before that. Right. So it would be like the running back 22 range kind of by where like Tyler Algier, Jamal Williams, like that kind of tier. I, I don't think he's good. That's Me one either. problem. And I think the Packers don't think he's good either. Okay, running back 34, Isaiah Pacheco here. Um, first, where do you think consensus rankings have Isaiah Pacheco? I remember you tweeting about him, so I'm guessing it's way too high. Running back 22. Do they not realize like what this backfield and how it was in, like yeah. how it fell out last week? 
Yeah, Pacheco was, let's see. They're facing the Jaguars this week, by the way. What's interesting to me is Isaiah Pacheco last week got home in the receiving game, which it took him like 15 weeks to be involved as a pass catcher at all. Uh Now he was in the postseason. Last week caught four passes for 31 yards. He's now has two best receiving games of his career over his past three games. Yes, but I think that was out of desperation because he also led Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he he led all Chiefs backs last week in, in routes run. Right, but it was Jarek McKinnon still playing the passing downs. It was just because he was mixing in on the early downs. I don't think that Pacheco is going to be a receiving back. I just don't think that's what his MO is. And even with those receiving options uh, last week, he was running back 39 in usage. It's a three-way committee. CH technically started last week. They were 28th in usage as a team. I think some priors are baiting head on to there, but we'll see. Okay. Khalil Herbert rounds out your top 35 backs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Yeah, so I'm still ranking him well ahead of Roshan because Roshan was playing in garbage time. Khalil was a starter. Uh, Deonta Foreman did get a drive in the first half. So I do think this is more or less a three-back committee on an offense that projects for 19 and a quarter points. The Bears' offense, I, I would say it was the the Steelers were the, definitely the most disappointing. The Bears, just the having a functional offense, like they didn't pass that. At ball. every level. Play Nothing. caller, quarterback, offensive O-line, line, wide receivers. Guys. General manager trading the number 32 overall pick for Chase Claypool. It all sucks. Claypool might be inactive. They they talked about it because he's that bad. Well, he's inactive even when he's on the field, basically. He just, he like shorts out. Like the controller runs out of batteries when when Chase Claypool's on the field, if you know what I mean. Contract year two. That's insane. (laughs) He might work for us next year. Okay. Um, Let's close out running backs 36 through 41. That's Zach Moss, who should be the starting running back in the Indianapolis Colts. Then Dalvin Cook, Joshua Kelly. Samaje P. Ryan, Gus Edwards, and Jalen Warren as running back 41. Make sure Joshua Kelly is on your waiver wire immediately with this video. I don't care if Eckler's playing or not. Make sure he is on your team. The guy that potentially could start here would be Zach Moss. He was a full participant on Wednesday's practice. Evan Hull injured. Deion Jackson, probably the worst running back uh, that got a lot of snaps in week one. They're going to try to make Zach Moss the guy if his broken arm could hold up. We'll see if the doctors act actually clear him, but the Colts playing with pace and projected for a lot of points this week or a fair amount of points. So I think that Zach Moss is like a, you could do worse uh, type of flex guy. You could do worse than subscribe to this channel as well. We'll have wide receiver tiers, quarterback, tight end and defense tiers over the next two days. Plus tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, first episode of scheme of the season, focusing in on, how the Miami Dolphins have changed their offensive play calling and how some of the best minds across the league have already stealing Mike McDaniel's plays as well. Really cool threads to weave as they should. Why can't my offense do that? Why can't my team do that? Now they're starting to. All right. Thanks, producer Weaves. Happy birthday, Hayden. Up the Vela. We'll talk to you all soon. See ya.